time to tune up the band and point menacingly to the ring, for it is another episode of the Sweet Chinwag Podcast. I am Sam, alongside Ridden and Dan, as we continue our journey for the wacky world of professional wrestling. And look who we found. Someone who was just walking down the street just a minute ago, decided, just popped in to say hello. Yeah, uh, we're joined by uh, by Melee Hellbot for the millionth time. Hello, sir. <laughs> hello, I am Melee Hellbot from the Seat Trainback Podcast, and I am here <laughs> as a special guest. <laughs> He's, I think, I, he... I, I believe now Melee takes the record for most for most guest appearances. He does. He does. I believe he is at. Yeah. I believe he is at six He's now. He's one. Is he at six now? Yeah. <laughs> I thought he just passed Connor at four. <laughs> no, I think no. it's six at this point. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm a worker. I'm a worker. <laughs> he is. A, he he is your favorite worker's favorite worker. So basically, I believe mm-hmm. now chair needs four more appearances to equal melee in order to be honorary member. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh gosh. Hi. We're gonna have, we're gonna, we're, um, Melee's gonna turn into CMLL trying to stop Chair from making appearances. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, how have you feathers been? It's been a good week for me, Sam. I won't lie to you. Uh, yeah, good. It's been. Week. Oh, I'll say, keep going if you got something to say. I'm, 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 I'm no, that's it. That's it. I was gonna end it. There. Oh. I was gonna say, um, I've had a, I've had a good week. It's been busy as ever, but um, I've got some good stuff coming up. I won my bronze at Naga, so hell yeah, hell yeah, Mister, let's go, Mister Man, who is a very, who is a very good BJJ practitioner. Uh, I am, I am, I am now officially a shoot fighter. <laughs> Does that mean that you are now one step better than the Gracies? <laughs> uh, I mean that's debatable. I would argue at BJJ, no. Potentially morally as a person, yes. <laughs> Depends where you fall on that either side of the divide, really. <laughs> uh, this all reminds me, actually, that Squill would like to talk to you about shoot fighting and, 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 uh, and he grappling. Has. Good he man. Has. He's, he has. He's in contact with me. I spoke to him yesterday. Good man, because I, um, t- I did forward oh. him to you because he says, Dan is the practitioner uh, of shoot fighting out of the three of us. But, um, so now when I make my wrestling debut, I have to have MMA gloves, really awful looking shorts, and the worst 2000s rock music entrance. Oh, no. Preferably Creed. <laughs> no, not like Creed, but you know, like off-brand Papa Roach. And now for the five hundredth time, Creed. like that's that's that that's the kind of thing. I it's a whole thing I was speaking about. Sorry, I, I I'm already on a tangent. Um, there's a there's a there's a band called uh, No Core. Oh gosh, they, yeah, they, yeah, right. They are single-handedly revitalizing what I call wrestling game rock. Uh, every song. single re- every single wrestling edit I have seen on TikTok has had that as the music, and it's actually insane. <laughs> Are you basically trying to tell me that there is someone out there that is capitalizing on the Breaking Benjamin market? Yes, yes, there is someone capitalizing on the Breaking Benjamin market in 2023. Something tells me that David will have even more background music for his streams in the future. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that isn't just the SmackDown versus like, Raw. Like, 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 like we are, we are, we are in peak SmackDown versus Raw revival. Potentially, yes, anyway, we're in the, we're in the early days, but like it's coming. Hell yes, hell yes. Um. 
This just makes me wonder now that we should, should we have even more? Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not going to go down that tangent. Anyway, we give you this podcast. <laughs> Thanks to those lovely people over at SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and forever pending other platforms, including the Based World Podcast. Yes. <laughs> even when we are on the Based World Podcast, which is strangely only once. <laughs> listen. Looking at you, based world podcast. What's what's uh, what's going on here? Are you afraid? Are you afraid of us? I'm just based saying, world podcast. I'm just no, saying no, they no. do like to talk about us a lot. I'm just saying. yeah, they like <laughs> you like to talk about us, but you don't have us on apart from once. Why is that? Are you afraid? Are you afraid of See, us? Are you afraid about the fact that we are always pending? I think it has to and s- always yeah. will be. I think it's they're afraid of the fact it. that compared to them, we're like sixty minute men. Exactly. I I get the thing. I get the we're, thing. we're the workhorses of the game. Damn right. I get the workhorsemen. If you if you would concur, <clears throat> does that mean I am the JD Drake of the podcasting world? Which I will take. I feel that. like you're. I feel like you're far mm-hmm. more Anthony Henry. But like, <laughs> <laughs> I will say this though. Um, I feel like maybe there's the reason why is they don't want to be outweighed by the bruvs, and I can't say that I blame them. I mean, to be fair, being outnumbered by by British people is a situation to be in. I yeah, would not, yeah, to be yeah. fair, I wouldn't want, and I'm British, but exactly. <laughs> There's that part Irish. We don't, we don't, we don't want to overexpose you. You know, a special attraction. I'll let, I'll take that. I'll take that one. <laughs> That's the official <laughs> reason. <laughs> Oh, all right. Before... They're giving us the Brock Lesnar booking. Oh, before we get on to our, uh, I, I believe it is our final episode for Hispanic Heritage Month, all about Sin Cara. It is time yes. to visit Dan for this week's wrestling news. Dun 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 down. Wrestling news. Ah, just, okay. So, um, there we go. Uh, capitalism at full yes. force this week. <laughs> Capitalism is popping off again with a new round of WWE releases. Uh, Some main roster, some uh, NXT. I mean, the thing is, right, is obviously, like, compared to where everything is, how how do I say it like this? These ones are egregious, but, like, not as egregious as the other ones. Yeah, it's... Like it, it's it's obviously it's obviously horrible that people have lost their jobs and they have to like go out and try and find their way in the market again and that's horrible especially for a company which has just had a massive merger and that's really where the stem of my thing with this goes because companies have massive merger everyone make, all the shareholders make a bunch of money yada yada and then they release a bunch of people they release like a hundred plus office staff in the merger. And now, obviously, talent are going as well. Yeah, this also does also come in the light of um, uh, SmackDown now going back to the U- uh, back to the USA Network, and thus under the mm. NBC Universal banner. Apparently, that deal was very lucrative for them. So lucrative, in fact, that they oh, actually that was had to start cutting talent. Like... <laughs> yeah, that was that was probably like a straight borderline billion deal, if mm. if not clearing a billion. I mean, NBC but, certainly do love having the WWE around, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but obviously, with with all of that, because I don't want to be there and say that the the majority of people were like no names. They weren't. Oh God. But like people, oh. pe- but like but like people who 
didn't have active direction. They were just kind of like there. Yeah. Uh, but it is it is one of those things where I'm, I mean I think the most high profile of them probably is probably Matt Riddle although you could probably say that's probably due to things other than the merger. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah Matt Riddle. I mean getting getting arrested at an airport will do that to you. Uh, just being a a a weird individual I mean, be, to be around. Being Matt Riddle will do that to you. Yeah, pretty um, much. I mean, yeah, I would say, I would say him or like mason mansoor oh that was that one actually upset Who'd me been a lot because probably the most high profile mason mansoor were the ones that really did upset me because it's like you those guys are like if you've ever watched um brennan's streams you know how funny and entertaining they are i mean mansoor for crying out loud was cole quinn in the wwe games <laughs> And it, it, he did have some funny lines, so it's like, I mean, if you saw Brennan's stream as well, because they he also showed videos. Yeah, of, they were um... they were they revealed a bunch of information as well. Oh, what am I saying? No, I'm sorry, I'm being a dumb dumb. Dolph Ziggler was in the list of releases as well. Yes, yes. yes. Um, what? By that. Dolph Ziggler. Dolph, 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 in, Dolph was in the releases. We'll get to Dolph after we finish talking about Mansoor. But yeah, that that those two were like are uh, were ones that you definitely knew that they had a lot of like great charisma too and a lot of upswing to them especially but it just seemed like they mm -hmm. it's that case of not of them not knowing what they can possibly do with them you know mm. um man let's talk about the real like like some of the real big ones then so it started off yeah, with mustafa so... ali yeah uh, mustafa ali again a very surprising one but i get especially around the circumstances as to why um apparently when Ali was trying to like sow the seeds of bringing back that "Make America Great Again" gimmick. Apparently, they did not like that. They did not like <laughs> which, it which, at all. Well, because I think the thing is, right, is that WWE just like they see anything which is like vaguely criticizes America, and then they're immediately just like a bore, a bore, a bore, <laughs> like big red button. No, exactly, <laughs> exactly. What I will say is that i think ali uh adele uh, uh will actually be yeah. all right if anything i think he's gonna oh yeah he'll be fine he's gonna he's actually gonna Ooh. honestly i think he should have a dpw run oh that'll go crazy it would go that that will go crazy i think as well you know you've got like um best of super junior type stuff he's got he's got legs he's got he's got a great He's, I mean, you see, we've all, we've all seen his training videos, right? Yeah. When he just does sequences for the hell of it and comes out with some absolutely crazy stuff. Yo, give me, give me, um, give me a deal, Ali versus um, Gringo Loco GCW, bro. <laughs> he's gonna be. I don't care about psychology, bro. I want to see weird stuff. <laughs> he's gonna be absolutely fine, True. I reckon, when it comes to. He'll, oh, he'll be, be able fine. To up. I mean, most of these people, almost all of these guys, will be absolutely fine. I think, and have absolute upswing going to the independents and playing their craft. Yeah. Dolph Ziggler is the big surprise, I think. A man who's been there for nearly 20 years. I mean, we were all convinced that he was not go he was going to go on his own terms and that was retirement. Yeah. Yeah. Like if there's anyone who gets like a small slight shockingly affecting retirement match, it's Dolph Ziggler. 
What? Like that, that that man was company through and through. He gave yeah. he laid down everything for them. Yeah. Just, I mean, he, like that man has eaten shit for that company in every way possible. So for him to just get released is I'm like like I'm almost like that's a that's a filing error, right? I, because you just that just don't happen. Yeah, mm. that man has the closest thing to to job security I've ever That's seen. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, who's gonna be who's gonna be the guy that puts everyone over now? Yeah, like the jobber to the stars of all jobber to the stars of that company of the modern era, like. What? Like, I'm honestly like, why? What happened? I know. Like, there is a bigger story there. It's I really do feel that. Crazy. It's genuinely crazy. Apologies for that, fellas. I had to, had yep, to head right. off for a second. Um, I mean, go, going on next, I mean, I'm going to mention it. Shelton Benjamin. Yeah, Shelton. Of, was... which, of which a key part, right, is that at any point, you keep him around as a, as a security, like I when I say a security guy, I mean a guy like a safe hand. Mm. Anyone can have a good match with Shelton Benjamin. Yes, right. All this means to me, right? Sam will know where I'm going with this. <clears throat> Shelton Benjamin Noah Run V two. Yes. Ooh. This is what meant. let him cook. Let him cook. Please. I know. I know what can happen. I know what can happen. Ah oh, man, um, you've you've seen those clips of Shelton Benjamin in Japan, like absolutely going ham. I want to see that again. I want a legendary uh, Japan run from Shelton one more time. Right, that 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 program can happen. Um, <laughs> also had Elias on there that sure surprised a few people. I mean, I always got the feeling that kind of. I don't even know how to describe it. They had him around reluctantly. Yes. Mm. <laughs> uh, Triple like, like, H had him around reluctantly, <laughs> let's be honest. Like, they, like at, at all points, they seem to position him as like an important guy, but just kind of never... Like, he's just kind of never doing much. <laughs> exactly. Which is funny because, but like, whatever stuff he's getting, whether he's like the, you know, just walking with a guitar backstage... Or being like five different people of his family, he made it work somehow. Yeah, I, 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 I just get the feeling like the WWE wasn't the fit for him. But like, I feel like he could do something. Because to be fair, you know what, the Drifter could work on the independents. Yeah, I reckon. I could see that. I could see that work as like a, as like a thing of going from place to place. That could work quite nicely. Um. Couple, couple other names on there. Obviously, Mason Mansell, you've spoken about. Um, Rick Boogs, which people, quite a few people were surprised by. Again, I feel like he's another guy that WOE just kind of had and didn't really get. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not that he plays guitar; it's the fact of like he can do it and wrestle. Um, a couple other names here: Emma, which is the whole BS thing about the Australia show. Absolutely insane oh, that, behavior, but that 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 was um, 
that was a bit of a cold move. It was just like, yeah, can't wait for can't wait for this show. Ah, uh, don't worry, I'm just being released. <laughs> um, Riddick Moss for all my Riddick Moss enjoyers out there. I'm, it's a sad day for you all. Well, at least as a couple that they can finally, you know, I, I, if yeah. there's a if there's a silver lining, <clears throat> at the very least they can be together doing their own thing and going off um, and doing their own thing in the in the indies. The woman with the most absurd stat line in WWE history, Aaliyah. Yep. Um, top dollar. Uh, Dana Brooke. <laughs> I love how uh, we didn't. Sad... I love how we didn't talk much about top dollar. <laughs> <laughs> what's What's there to say? <laughs> what is there to I mean, say? His, his career highlights is like Aaron Rodgers with the New York Jets. That's Yay. what I'm saying. Like. <laughs> um. Again, a sad day for all the Dabakato cage match page enjoyers among us. Like, it, it's a sad day for us. Unfortunately gone. Uh, to round off the list with the uh, the NXT cuts, um, Shanky, Ikebenjiro, who, again, I hope just kind of goes back to Japan and just kind of has fun with everything. I am DDT so, are popping off. I am so... Um, all Japan's to... having a kind of a time, I think. I don't know how well they're doing recently. I know they had a strong start to the year. I'm so looking forward to seeing Ikebenjiro back in Japan doing his thing, especially now with DDT really, you know getting a broader audience and especially with the relationship with AEW now kind of really getting into full momentum and, and the full swing but of things. Like, yeah, also like GCW could be a strong little home for him as well. I feel like the GCW crowd will respond quite well to him. Exactly. I mean, who doesn't love having a, 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 a an over-the-top jacket gimmick? <laughs> I mean, that's why I love. He wrestles in the blazer and that's based. <laughs> um... I'm going to list off most of these names. I have no idea who any of these people are, just to be honest. I don't follow NXT. Uh, Yulisa Leon, Quincy Elliott, Bryson Montana, Kevin Ventura Cortez, Daniel MacArthur, Alexis Gray, Brooklyn Barlow, and Abul Abadi Fitzgerald. A lot of these people, I believe, were were like performance center graduates. They were yeah. working predominantly on NXT level up. I've seen a couple of matches from a couple of them. Um, not bad talents, but I can also at the same time, I, I guess that they weren't because they weren't getting much exposure on TV. That that was probably yeah. more of an incentive. I guess for the talent relations to to get rid of them. Um, I assume they were probably people involved in like the next in line stuff yeah, and whatever the NIL deals. Exactly, exactly. Dabakato. We talked about Raw Underground a while back. I know. Dabakato finally all my going. Dabakato cage match enjoyers. <laughs> <laughs> that one was like, uh, wow. It's like it seems like it's about time, you know, after everything. <laughs> But no. Yeah, but it's like we it's like it's like we say that though, and it's like I know I joke I know I joke about her stat line, but like God, Aaliyah has like the most cursed stat line in wrestling, possibly. <laughs> just a tiny bit. Just a tiny bit. <laughs> isn't it something isn't it something like she's been at the company for like eight years and had like eighty matches? Yeah. I believe so. That's ten matches a year. <laughs> I mean, talk about approximately. The person, talk about the person who was who, who was kind of hustling as good as Kevin Nash by working least amount of dates for all of the money, you know. And and doing doing like 
80 matches in eight years and also having the record for the fastest win in company history is buggy as hell. Three seconds, isn't it? Like 3.41 seconds or something. Yeah. It's it's ridiculousness. Crazy. Um, anyway, though, moving on from this, um, do you want to go to DPW? Yes, let's go over. Let's head on over to our DPW correspondent, Melee Hellbutt, to talk a bit about the Carolina Classic. <laughs> oh, hey, that's me. Well, at the time of recording, DPW had a show last night called Carolina Classic 2023. As always, they deliver amazing shows. Why you're not watching right now? Like, watch it. If you haven't, die. <laughs> Basically, you'll go die. <laughs> whoever's interested in the car obviously I need to start off with Emi Sakura DPW Women's Champion amazing she's highly respected by everyone in the back in the crowd maybe AW should learn a thing or two about that hey uh, some of the people in the in these matches you know Andrew Everett facing off Steve or Mike Bailey amazing as always mm-hmm. uh Marin or Myron Reed, sorry if I can pronounce your name, versus Jake something. I, I, was, I, I heard that match was cooking. Yeah, Jake something, like, put the strap on right immediately. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah, no, how, how like, like, I know he, he was with Impact for a bit, but, like, how no one has seen what he's got and been like, yes, we need everything to do with him, I find insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Anthony Henry was facing off of the Tom Lawler. Uh, very technical match, if you're interested in that kind. Yeah. And Jay Malakai versus Ichiban, which was a very interesting match. Indeed. I mean, Jay Malakai apparently now, I've heard, actually did get a tryout in WWE, as a matter of fact. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, that did happen. Um, yeah, good for him. From what I heard... And to be fair, well... considering he's like, what, 19? Yeah. He's got the skill set, and it, as I constantly recommend to literally everyone I see, I talk to in wrestling, um, Jay Malachi versus Calvin Tankman. Go watch it. DPW fires. Oh, Unreal. That was such a yes. good match. <laughs> One of my favorite matches from that year. I think that match made my top three of the year it, that year. It did. It did. I yeah. do remember You're welcome. that one. <laughs> <laughs> and also... On- Another match I forgot to mention uh, for the DPW national title, which is like the, the mid-card title, uh, Brian Keefe as the champion versus Shun Skywalker. Another oh, very interesting Brian match. Keefe. Very good. Yes, sir. Shout out to Brian Keefe. That man has had such a bloody good year so far. Mm-hmm. Such a good year. Uh, so uh, just a quick thing. Basically, these are qualifying matches. This is like a tournament style. The winner of each of these four matches face off in a fatal foray. For the for the final match very very good match so i really suggest watching this show especially for like the the final hour ooh, ooh. i also did hear that a certain someone did answer chris danger's challenge ooh, yes uh, a certain baby <laughs> if you will adam cole in dpw eh? <laughs> <laughs> so it's more crazy. the thing of Adam. It's more the thing of Adam Cole in um, DPW versus Chris Danger. <laughs> Chris Danger's first match, first ever match, is going to be against Adam Cole. That's um, that's certainly something to have a debut match against, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I think what's what's crazy about it is like I I said this to Sam earlier, like how when Adam Cole like made the 
accepted the challenge. He was with his Honor Race title, which was very awesome. Mm-hmm. It's a nice little continuity with the, the wider wrestling sphere. Exactly. Exactly. If anything, I think it just shows uh, how well DPW has done as an independent to be able to to be able oh, to get absolutely. Adam Cole of all people who signed to AEW to come in for an indie day in their promotion. Man, I feel like DPW has just gone from strength to strength in the year in the couple of years it's been around. And as if anything has been such a welcome change of pace for independent wrestling. <laughs> Like, yeah. god damn it. Like, I don't know what Pulse, Tony, and Johnny were thinking at the time when they started DPW, but man, I'm glad that they got it off the ground and, like, running. Because it's just, it's, it's been so damn good. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think about, like, Adam Cole. Like, just a few weeks ago, he was, like, in the main event of, like, All In, like, Wembley Stadium. That's so crazy to think about. Yeah. Now he's facing Chris Danger. <laughs> it's. I wouldn't what, say what I wouldn't say it's start? a downswing. It's a massive upswing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. That's crazy to think about. I'm looking forward to that match happening. That's for darn sure. And I am actually looking forward to finally watching Carolina Classic. I'm probably going to be doing it as soon as we're done here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Um, I guess the last thing we can talk about, Dan, very quickly, is that our boy, our boy, finally did it. I know. I'm so happy. A boyhood dream has come true. Someone finally, exactly. Someone finished the story before Cody could. <laughs> Cody finished. I don't know. The one to the list. Is gonna be the Duke Nukem Forever of wrestling. Mark my words. <laughs> Damn! I still can't fulfill my dad's dream. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's time to chew ass and kick gum. <laughs> <laughs> right, no, I'll, I'll, I'll stop doing the Duke Nukem impression. Or is Rody, it Cody Rhodes? Rody Codes. Rody Codes. No, I'm very glad. So happy for Eddie. He's double champion. And guess what? Come Wrestle Dream, he's facing Katsuyori Shibata for both titles. God damn, he Come. is. I am so looking forward to that match. So happy for Eddie. Get in. AEW still doing very well. Uh, in the shadow of what happened a few weeks back. It's good to see. Can they keep the momentum up? I really hope so. If anything, I think Wrestle Dream's going to be a really solid event for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. mostly because they're actually booking it weeks in advance, which is always a good thing. <laughs> I mean, that helps. Damn it, Tony. You really, you see what happens <laughs> here? It does work if you book in advance. <laughs> Oh, just a quick thing, like talking about momentum, uh, collision, which was also last night, also very good card. Uh, one of the standouts for me was uh, FTR versus the Work Horsemen, who are DPW faithfuls. Uh, I'm very glad for like their video packages; they actually use footage for DPW. They, so, shout out to them. Did. Very based, and also very, very based. Uh, Danielson, you know, with one week away from facing. The dream match with Zack Sabre Jr. decides to have a death match with Texas death match with Ricky Starks, which is also amazing. That's wrestling heritage right there. God Real grabs. Collision under Danielson's control has just been like, you know what? Yeah, yeah. Ain't it great how for the passage of time, the same thing always happens when Punk leaves, <laughs> Danielson picks up the slack. 
it's, it's, <laughs> Danielson just just keeps on going through CM Punk's slipstream and it works out for him. God damn it, it happened in Ring of Honor, it happened in the WWE, it's happening again in AEW. Tell us all this time. <laughs> but you know what? I'm I'm sure Phil has has a bright future in NWA. <laughs> oh god he would though that's the problem anyway is that are we done with the news yes lovely lovely stuff mm-hmm. let's quickly head on over to recommendation corner read and what have you got for us this week guys how do you feel about invincible great show lovely show mm-hmm. yes 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 the, the invisible tv show really really good Loved, I loved the first season. Can't wait for the second. But in the meantime, and I haven't heard a lot of people talk about this. It must have slipped through the cracks. But in case people don't know, there is a a little in between thing called Invincible Atom Eve, depicting the origins of Atom Eve, and it's really good. <laughs> it's I need a to lot watch of, it. Yeah, it's a lot of it. It ends. It's a very kind of bittersweet kind of um watch but it's really fun and has one of the has a really good superhero fight like it's really damn good i cannot emphasize enough how creative mm-hmm. and cool it is and kind of really reminds you that oh yeah maybe animation really is the best adaptation <laughs> ad- adaptation <laughs> like medium for superhero comics yeah yeah. It, it, you know, it, it kind of, it kind of like every now and again, it's like, oh yeah, that's right. Animation's really good at this shit. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's going to be short and sweet, but like, no, I really do recommend it. Heck yeah. if you haven't seen it already. Heck yeah! I mean, if if, if the Spider Verse films proved anything, is that animation's probably the best medium for superhero uh, for superheroes. See, this is the thing, right? Animation, when it's like at its best, is genuinely transformative it's just that we've had to go through such a long period of frankly awful animation (laughs) (laughs) are we dare say that oh god sorry melee like i don't know what you're talking about like hulk hogan's rock and wrestling that was cooking i'll quickly move on oh you know you know what what's that what's that company is it illumination yes yeah they wish they could do hulk hogan's rock and wrestling (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh gosh uh oh yeah i've got a quick recommendation uh what i was working on uh with my dear friend squill over at wrestling with the narrative we did a whole retrospective on uh on brian danielson versus takeshi morishima from ring of honor good shit extremely good video ah stop it you melee your checks in the mail uh <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that, sir. No, it was a, la- a massive labour of love, especially considering that I was watching as at the time I was watching, heavily watching Ring of Honor at that time and loving that rivalry. So highly recommend you go and watch that. If you're a fan of Joseph's Nigel versus Brian video, highly recommend you watch this one as well because it does happen in the same timeline. And if you just want to see a man get his retina detached, that's in the video as well. <laughs> Uh, you know, yes, it comes with the territory. <laughs> it absolutely does, especially when you're w- working with a man mountain like Takeshi Morishima. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, man, I have a recommendation now. With how you live. 
I just I just thought of a recommendation. Oh, go on, Melee. So basically, this is retreading old old things as always. Um, <laughs> uh, Rear didn't mention this in the baseball podcast, but I need to give a shout out to Blue Beetle. Amazing, amazing movie. Mm. It needs so much more love. Needs so much more money than it's been giving. Um, pretty sure it's out on digital in some places. I don't know if that's true or not, but watch it, buy it, support your artists and everything. Hell yeah, absolutely. Right. I think that I, so you know I'm kind of optimistic. I think that one's going to become a little bit of a cult classic. I have a I have a feeling mm-hmm. it's going to get some love. I have that feeling it's going to get some more love. Heck yes, yeah. heck yeah. Alrighty then. With that, it is time to get onto our main portion of this episode. Our Sin oh, do we have Car- to. We have to talk about Sin Cara finally. But this was not Mr. me who... Sin. This is not me who, who recommended this. Ain't that right, Reardon? I know I recommended we should do an episode, but now I'm like, do we have to? Oh, I was gonna I was gonna take the hit and go, hello. Uh, no, I think it was both of us, and like, oh, why did I do this? It's uh, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I, it was gonna have to come at some point, surely, that we had to talk about Sinkar. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. fellas, before we get into the twisty, turny history of the men that portrayed the faceless one. How do we feel? I mean, I mean, I know the answer, but how do we feel about a Sin Cara? Pain, 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 childhood pain. A, tra- a tragic comedy, if you will. Yeah. No, just yeah, tragic comedy. Yeah, you know what? Like, like I, I imagine like the the thick of it guys, or or um, <laughs> even the thick of it. Or or the Cohen brothers would make a boss ass in Cara biopic. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. The, 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 the only way I can I can word this, and you're gonna have to stick with me on this. <clears throat> Sin Cara is the wrestling embodiment of the word dichotomy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Someone that so aggressively represents two different sides of the same entity. Yep. <laughs> that pretty much does that pretty much does it for me when talking about Sinkara Melee. Yeah, how do we, how do we feel about the guy? Uh botch, that's the only thing I can say. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but how 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 more? It could have been so much more. And that is what we're going to get into it. So fellas who would you like? It, it, this is for a weird one on how to start. Who would you like me to start with? Would you like me to start with the originator, or would you like me to start with the man who took over? <clears throat> we gotta okay. start from the beginning. It's a very let's, let's start with the original and let's address one thing out of the gates. Okay, the original Sin Cara, also known as Mystico. <laughs> Or Cuddy <laughs> goes by goes by about seventeen different names. Uh, so you'll be surprised. You will get because you will get confused because it changes a lot. <laughs> so here we go. Both of these men, actually, funnily enough, at one point wrestled as Mystico. <laughs> this is this is the problem. Oh. This is the fucking. You know problem. what this reminds me of? 
this reminds me of like when when you're when you're researching like European kings, and they all have the same fucking names. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and only for them, only for them, like, and so you have to go for like nicknames. Only sometimes when they become king, they sometimes take the name of the kings, and it just gets. <laughs> do you, bad. Do, you know, do you know what this is like? And this is this is such a niche reference. Um, you know when you're trying to track down like older music. Oh God, yeah. And like. There's like 19 different versions of the same song. Yeah, yeah. The so goes to Hollywood problem. And you're, you'll be going through, and um, you'll be trying to like find this song, and you find this song, and then you realize it's not by the person's band; it's by one of the members of the band. No, no, it's We're associated <laughs> with someone else, right? And then you'll go through it, and then you'll realize there's a radio edit and then a separate version that was released on an album however long ago, then a separate special version that was released on cassette only. <laughs> try listening to that. Try listening to Frankie Goes to Hollywood, Two Tribes. Now try and find which mix it was. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Fuck's sake. It took me took me years to figure out which one I actually liked the most. Okay, continue. Sorry. So, I had to get that off my chest. <laughs> I guess we'll start with the original one. Born Luis Uribe in December of 1982, he was better known in his career by his ring name Mystico. Or as he when he came back to the to to, to Mexico, Caristico. <laughs> <laughs> this is where it gets confusing, guys. This is really good. I mean, we're just getting started. Right, so as you know. Traditional tradition in Lucha Libre to, uh, denotes that if you are wrestling under a masked gimmick, that really you don't reveal much about your personal life, uh, including your real name. Uh, well, WWE didn't believe in that and actually posted his full name on their on their <laughs> site when they released him in 2014. Oh my god! Amazing. So we do that. We definitely know who he is now, despite the fact so he's still under why, a mask. So, a there's there's one part of this which obviously in lucha, like the protection of the person's identity is like aggressive. Yes, and I to be mm -hmm. to be honest, I respect if you're gonna have someone under a mask, you might as well make sure people don't know who it is. But the thing that the thing that bugs me with this so much is that like you'd think that WWE would know that. <laughs> Like I like is that is that I I I refuse to believe there's some kind of law which says you have to put out the person's government name like <laughs> when you when you release them. I'm sure you keep that sort of thing under close. You can can keep that thing under closed doors, but I apparently I'm not. sure you can. Apparently not. <laughs> In this regard, ah screw it. He's still on. He's he's still on the bar. No one's gonna research the guy's name or what he looks. Screw it. We'll just throw the name out there. Anyway, uh. <laughs> quickly kind of quick thing in his early life was trained uh by his father and his uncle tony salazar make his debut in 1998 originally working under the name of dr caronte jr at the age of 15 changing his name to astro boy which actually would eventually that name that gimmick would get adopted by his brother um and eventually get uh, get like passed the, uh, down the, the line the wrestling anime crossover is a flat circle <laughs> would, really is would eventually end up having a bit of nasty exactly 
<laughs> eventually would travel to japan working for michinoku pro which where he would get a lot of uh like main or like exposure to a wider audience and eventually that would end up him signing to cmll and eventually rising to stardom around that time working as a technico around that time having uh feuds with shocker el hijo del santo uh, negro casas volador jr um, I'm going to be quick as possible because we want to get to the most important part being WWE. He would eventually debut in around 2009 for New Japan at Wrestle Kingdom 3 in the Tokyo Dome, eventually ending teaming with uh, Apollo 99, which was Prince Devitt and Ryusuke Taguchi, to defeat the team of Averno and Ghetto and Jeddo. Because, <laughs> of course, we have to have Ghetto appear at one point during this. Ghetto might be. This you're gonna hate me when I say this. Could Ghetto be the Jeff Jarrett of Japan? Potentially, because <laughs> I feel like Ghetto's been ev- Ghetto and Jado have been everywhere. <laughs> it's just like me. It's just like me for real, bro. <laughs> so with all this uh, during this time, of course, he would pick up titles here and there. He would win the Torneo Grand Alternativa both in 2004 and in 2007 with two different partners, that being El Hijo del Santo, and in 2007 with the person we talked about in the last episode, Old La Sombra, Andrade. Uh-huh. That's, to be fair, that's a mad spread. He would win the middleweight championship two times. He would also win the world historic middleweight championship. Actually, at this time, he also picked it up once more. So he's currently at this time the middleweight champion. He also ended up picking up the world welterweight championship here and having runs with the CMLL World Tag Team Championships. So with they, all... they really were just like just let he's cooking exactly because of his exposure as well to his time in Japan having these multi-man matches with a lot of established names having as well teaming with Tanahashi to take on Prince Devitt in a six-man tag team match. Um, all of this exposure actually gained him interest with WWE, and eventually he would sign with the company in 2011. They were big in with Sin Cara, mostly because they saw him not only as a massive star in the world of Lucha, but as a person who can carry the mantle of Rey Mysterio. <laughs> ah, that's and what they were wrong then. Basically, this is the center of the problem. <laughs> <clears throat> because we've spoken about it before, but for years. WWE had this insistence that they were going to find the next Rey Mysterio. And then just did everything in their power to just not let them be that. Yep. (laughs) Because (laughs) I assume the essence of it was, well, Rey Mysterio is super popular, so we want another luchador who can do that thing. But I think they they kind of forgot about a few key parts to this. Um, And I'm going to run through those. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> one Rey Mysterio came from like 90s Lucha yes so by this point the form has already progressed <laughs> like even between like 2002 to that point so it was like 2011 yes yeah so from 2002 to 2011 things have already stepped up <laughs> 
second of all, they've done all this investment to get him, but as you kind of see from things, it very much seems like, hey, well, he's very popular, so we need to get him, and not mm -hmm. actually considering anything about him. Uh, as a matter of fact, they actually even had a full-on press conference in Mexico with Jim Ross presenting it, and uh, Jim going, oh, he's uh, the most exciting, dynamic star in all of Mexico. His name is Sin Curris. <laughs> Brilliant job, Jim. Um, uh, I love it because he came out wearing the Mystico mask, and he took the Mystico mask off to reveal the Sinkara mask. Which is basically the same as the Mystico mask. I love... What a worker. Just with horns. Beautiful. That man, that man knows the business. Um, but yeah, part, part three to this. They did nothing to try and get him into the Rey Mysterio position, and this is really where the like the crux of my issue is. <laughs> because there's two parts to this. Part one. We all know about the infamous story of them not actually considering the fact that Mexican wrestling or lucha and American pro wrestling work completely differently. Yes. <laughs> um, but second of all, they just, like... They just kind of had him, and then they just kind of put him in a match. And the only thing anyone ever remembers about that match at this point is the fact they had blue and gold lighting on it the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> and now, I want you to think back to uh, the Rey Mysterio kind of debuting in WWE. Um, can you remember who his biggest match was against? Heath Slater? Yes. No. Chavo? No! <laughs> the match that put Rey Mysterio on the map! Oh. <laughs> Kurt Angle! Call me Kurt Angle! Yeah. <laughs> right? They had the Kurt Angle match, which everyone, yeah. all of a sudden everyone was like, holy shit, right? Meanwhile, with Sin Cara, they're going and sticking him against some random person in 2011 WWE that nobody cares about. <laughs> Jack Swagger. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> the Miz. Oh, gosh. The Miz has faced everyone. This is a whole thing. Um, they've started, you know those, like, crossover grid things? Yes. There's a wrestling one now. <laughs> and I, I'm genuinely convinced any person on there, you could put the Miz as an answer and it would be correct. Pretty much. At this point, oh, I would definitely say so. <laughs> so, I'll quickly go over some of the things Sin Cara got up to, the original one, when he got to WWE. He uh, debuted officially during a Raw live show in Illinois, defeating Primo in a singles match in March. It wouldn't be until April 4th, on an episode of Raw, that he debuted saving Daniel Bryan, of all people, from an attack by the then-United States champion, Sheamus, establishing himself as a babyface, with no face. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, he would appear on that week's SmackDown, attacking Jack Swagger, and thus cementing his status as a good guy. He would eventually make his televised in-ring debut, defeating Primo once again on an April episode 
of SmackDown. On the 2011 draft, he was drafted to SmackDown. Eventually would begin a rivalry with Chavo Guerrero, who would begin guest commentating his matches and then kind of kind of taking the piss out of Sin Cara. And honestly, if if anything, this rivalry made me realize that Chavo was kind of right. Because at the over the limit, in the blow-off match between these two, oh boy, this, it was the drizzling shit, I think, as the, as the saying goes. Yes. <laughs> the timing was off. Something fierce. Um, the blue and gold lighting did not help. I mean, if anyone remembers Kane's debut matches, they were performed under that dark red light, which everyone knows obscures your peripheral vision and your kind of like yes. depth perception, something awful. And I can only imagine gold and blue lighting does the exact same thing. I honestly thought when watching this, when it happened, that the production team fucked up and kept the blue and gold lighting on as like a as a botch. <laughs> And they were trying to fix the blue and gold lights. Little did I know that was actually intentional. <laughs> this is what I'm saying, though. And this is where we ended up. Sin Cara was on a bit of a Goldberg streak. He was undefeated <laughs> during this time, believe it or not. But it would all come Ooh. to an end on a July episode of SmackDown where he was defeated by Christian. Christian before then said a promo saying, Fuck you, Sin Cara, you ruined my life. No. <laughs> <laughs> this also comes as well during afterwards that Sin Cara would participate in the SmackDown Money in the Bank ladder <laughs> He would be written out of this due to injury. Well, in storyline, but actually the next day it was found out that he had suffered his first strike at the wellness program. <laughs> <laughs> and was suspended Mexico, this is not my friend. <laughs> now, he claimed later in an interview, I think it was a Mexican publication, that he actually didn't know that he tested positive for it. He just received a routine injection in for his injured knee whilst in Mexico. <laughs> oh dear. So yeah, so he so he would have been he could have gone to like a hospital, gone for um like. Um, recovery, and then they would have injected him with uh, with a steroid. Exactly. And then he's gone back and been like, "Okay, I'm back from my uh, my treatment." <laughs> like, just so you know, tested positive. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! All right, this brings us then to the second man in question. It's time to talk about the other dude. Born Jose Jorge Ariaga in El Paso, Texas in 1977. He was working in the developmental scene at that time for WWE. And after Sin Cara got a suspended, WWE came up with a very interesting idea. <sighs> but let's talk about let's talk about Ariaga's career up until that point until he got to the performance center. Grew up, of course, in El Paso, Texas, to Mexican parents as well. He was a bilingual. He was a bilingual dude working very well within within El uh, with El Paso. Was a sport again, sporting prospect in high school, and eventually wanted to become a professional wrestler and saw a career around 1999. Um around his time kind of around the local area debuting a masked gimmick known as mystico but it just turns out that there was another guy in mexico around the time called mystico <laughs> as well and so 
it forced him to change his name to Mystico, spelled with a Y. <laughs> Here's where it starts getting fun. Oh, genius. God in heaven. Here we go. <laughs> or, or, uh, and the variations on those names in and around wherever he would go. Eventually, he would end up where wrestling around the, the El Paso area, the wider Texas area going into Tijuana and, and and wrestling here and there around there, especially in the promotion where Andrade was based in as well. Um, eventually, this would take him to RRR, working regularly for them in 2004, and this is where he became known as Incognito. Mm. This would actually lead him to a stint in the 2006 TNA X Cup tournament as part of Team Mexico. His only match, actually, for TNA at that time was uh, a 16-man gauntlet that included all four teams in the World Cup. Team USA, Team Canada, Team Japan, and Team Mexico. If you would like to know, Incognito did not win. He was eliminated by Sonjay Dutt in that, in that gauntlet match. But, God bless TNA! <laughs> but Team Mexico, if you would like to know, did finish third place out of the four teams. Who came fourth? Team Japan. Of course. And who won? Good old USA, USA, USA. TNA doing every single thing they can to just ruin all of the Japanese connections they have is wrestling heritage. <laughs> Talking yep. about it, though, this X Cup, having a look at it, was actually kind of stacked. For, for Team USA, TNA, you had Chris Saban, Jay Lethal, Alex Shelley, and Sanjay Dutt. For Team Canada, you had P.T. Williams, Eric Young, Johnny Devine, and Tyson Dukes. For Team Mexico, you had Shocker, uh, Puma, TJP, moving on, Magno and Incognito. And for Team Japan, you had Jushin Liger as captain, Hiroki Goto, Minoru Tanaka, and Rocky Romero as Black Tiger. That team coming last tells me everything that I need to know about how they booked that, that, booked that event. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is wrong. <laughs> oh, gosh. He would eventually make his way to Chikara as well during the King of Trios tournament in 2008, being, uh, I think he wrestled with El Pantera and Lince Dorado in the uh, in the King of Trios tournament. Eventually, they would be defeated by Blackout, Eddie Kingston, Joker, oh my God. and Ruckus in the finals. <laughs> I forgot about that. I don't know, I just remember them for CZW. I forget they made appearances in Chikara. To be fair, everyone made appearances in Chikara. But... Yeah, absolutely. Everyone did. <laughs> Um, it was after this, though, during his appearance in Jakara, he would also make appearances here and there for Ring of Honor, working with Blue Demon Jr., teaming with Chris Hero and Eddie Edwards, eventually having matches with Jay Briscoe, Kevin Steen, El Generico, um, and eventually all of this would lead him to having a contract with the WWE. He would eventually work for them and sign in 2009, working under the name of Jorge Arias. Eventually just being signed to Florida Championship Wrestling, where he would play his trade. Eventually, when FCW became NXT, he was still very much in the background, working the uh, the Citrus Loop, as it were, and eventually working dark matches for the TV show recordings. This would be where he would get the call to come to the main roster. They were a masked wrestler down. And who better to put it to someone who kind of looks pretty much body shape-wise completely identical to Sin Cara? 
no one would be none the wiser, except for the fact that they did did post that he was um, suspended for 30 days on WWE.com. So a lot of people, more hardcore wrestling fans, would know that this was not the same person. And this is where we get Sin Cara versus Sin Cara. <laughs> See, now, the part of this that is obviously... WWE following Lucha Heritage by having someone out and then replacing them with just someone else in the same mask. God bless. <laughs> um, I'm glad they got that bit of understanding right. But you can't just be there and say this person has been suspended from competition for 30 days and then just have them appear. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you can if it's storyline, but they, they put this out on like corporate website. Yeah. Yeah, so there was a lot of confusion surrounding it. Mostly, a lot of confusion surrounded by the fact that Sin Cara seemed to actually be working sort of all right. He could even pull off the trampoline spot in his entrance a bit better and smoother. (laughs) And so it would be 30 days after that that the original Sin Cara would return. And we we had the Doink the Clown mirror spot. Yeah. reappear in 2011 with Sin Cara <laughs> pointing at Sin Cara who was pointing at Sin Cara who was also pointing at Sin Cara and he was oh my god my mind's just broken <laughs> so this is where it gets really silly alright so original Sin Cara returns in September confronting the imposter version on Raw, the Raw next week, the original Sin Cara was booked to face Cody Rhodes, but was attacked by the imposter prior to the match. Then it was the good old switcheroo that happens. Come to the next episode of SmackDown, imposter Sin Cara uh, turns heel in the process, attacking Daniel Bryan after and during during and after the match. And that basically makes cement him as the heel. Original Sin Cara comes out takes out that version of Sin Cara and this is where we get the color variations of Sin Cara. We have the original Sin Cara Blue versus the new improved heel Sin Cara. Sin Cara Black. Alright. Am I, am I going to be the one that puts it out there? Go on, yes. <laughs> why has why Sin Cara Black got to be the heel? I'm just saying. <laughs> Might be suspicious if you say to me, WWE. Like, speaking, yeah, I mean, Venom exists. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I look, right? I understand the history of media and that the fact that the evil version of someone for some reason has to be like the the black or the dark one. I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to legislate for that. Yeah. True. Personally, I have more of a problem with Goku Black for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> right. I don't know right. why the spot, that the, spot, the spot was there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, rather than this actually culminating at a pay-per-view event, they did end up having a match uh, at Hell in a Cell, which wasn't the blow-off match, believe it or not. Um, which I believe it was, if memory serves me correct, it was Sinkara Blue that won that match, and uh, I believe at the end that Sin Cara Black wanted to unmask Sin Cara Blue, but was unsuccessful, and this would lead to the final blow-off match at a taping of SmackDown in October, which was Mask 
versus mask and i can understand i could probably understand the reasoning as to why they did this on a smackdown because this was being taped in mexico city so i guess that yeah. makes sense in the when you really in a logistical sense that you would have an upwaster match on smackdown taking place in mexico city Mex uh Sinkara Blue wins the match and unmasks Sinkara Black to reveal, and I quote what Booker T said, one ugly fool. <laughs> In the instant replay as well, he's oh my god, look at him, man. He is goddamn butt ugly. Shocky <laughs> talking. It's like I wonder if Vince was feeding Booker that. Line. I wanna assume that he probably was. It seems like a very Vince thing to do to oh. unmask someone and be like, oh, he's clapped. Oh, yeah, he's shucky. rowdy. Oh, shucky ducky, he's hideous. <laughs> this, of course, would see the unmasked Sinkara re-debut as Hunico. The... What's the safest way to say this? Um, <laughs> the... What a white person thinks the... The Vargos in GTA San Andreas look like in real life. I was gonna say, like, does does the does the Cholo still exist as a concept, I, or is that like is that like is that like anchored in the nineties? I guess it seems it does seem very nineties, especially when you realise that he was he came down to the ring like riding a a chopper bicycle as well. Because I, I always said I, I thought they made him look like like store brand Hernandez. Yeah, he even they even ha even had a, a had a heavy muscle as well during this time. Uh, he aligned himself with a guy called Camacho, who, if you don't know everybody, Camacho came to be Tonga Loa in New Japan. Yes, he wasn't um, even Mexican. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> He's. He's from Tonga he's, for crying he's out loud. Fucking, he's fucking Polynesian. <laughs> uh, yeah, like the the only way I can describe it is like store. I want to say store beyond store brand LAX. I mean, I'm here with Mele. It's like, what is your opinion on who to go, Mele? I have no opinion. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That says it all. That says it all. So the the rivalry yep. continued for a little bit with Hunako and Sinkara, and it came to quite an abrupt end. They ended up having a survivor. They were a part of a Survivor Series ten man tag match on opposite sides. Sinkara was eliminated shortly, very quickly after he suffered a legitimate patella tendon rupture whilst diving out of the ring. <laughs> Which Imagine put doing him a dive out of the ring and then like. Not, I mean, just for the sake of it, to make it easy. Like you just dive out of the ring and then just feel your MCL go, and you're just like, "Oh well, shit." Yeah, and he was out of action for six months, which meant that Unico was kind of spinning his wheels. Uh, pardon the pun. Uh, during this time, and eventually he would return in May 2012 during a, I think it was a live show, even not even an actual episode of Raw. He would end up actually defeating Hunako on a live show, and pretty much that was the rivalry won and done, because eventually he would end up returning to television uh, and eventually going up against Heath Slater. I believe this is the episode that they had to record twice because it was botched so bad. Oh my God. <laughs> so, of course, as we know, Smackdown is pre-taped on Tuesdays and Sin Cara and Heath Slater go and have a match 
And the timing is so off. I believe it's the ending. The timings they had were so off. Once the match was done, Sin Cara is the winner. They get to the back. Vince is fuming at the pair of them. And you know what he tells them to? Get back out there and do the match all over again. So That's crazy. We gotta, I got to ask the question. Why did Sin Cara bot so much? Okay, so should I get in? Should I get into this? Let's like, into, I yeah. need, like, I think this is the yeah. time because, like, like wrestlers botch. Every single yes. wrestler botches. Even the very best of them have botched. Everyone botches. I don't. It is, <laughs> okay, it so is a natural it, thing he, of life. Is but, here in my understanding. Okay. Okay. As I understand it, and as I've been told, and to be fair, this could be all wrong. I will hold my hands up and say that. But the essence of what I've been told is that in American pro wrestling, I believe it's you do everything from the left. So you're always on the left side. So if you're doing like um, a headlock, your, your opponent is on the left of you, okay? okay? In Mexico, they do it the other way around. They do it from the right. So all your stuff is done on the right-hand side of you. You always do stuff to the right. So instead of doing an arm drag across your left side, you do it over the right side. And as I understand it, WWE were basically like, well, you've got enough experience, so you'll just kind of pick it up as you go. Uh. Forgetting about the fact that he basically had to do everything in reverse. And so he would always botch all the time because he was having, like, he couldn't do the moves, like, naturally. He had to be, like, conscious of everything he was doing and thinking about it. Crazy. (laughs) Remembering that, like, everything he had to do, he would have to, like, fight his natural instinct. That's what I've been told. That could be a lie. That could just be cap and justification for him being bad i don't know (laughs) but judging by the fact of he's been able to have a pretty damn solid career in cmll and have very few botches i'm gonna run with it i mean crazy to like how we'll get into that right now because of course after a really weird not blinking you'll miss it team up and teaming with Rey mysterio in 2012 eventually kind of fizzling out and being part of main event and jobbing to guys like Lord Tensai of all people. <laughs> Eventually, original Sin Cara, Uleve, announced that he would return to Mexico in, in 2014. He aired his grievances in, in, in an interview in Mexico that while he had departed WWE, he was not happy with the way it worked. He was not, he was not happy with the way they had treated him and thus requested his release and Got it. He also blamed the company for not allowing him to wrestle the style he used to in Mexico. And eventually, WWE granted his release. And eventually, he would go back, of course, to Mexico to work eventually as Caristico. And eventually, would come back to reclaim the name of Mystico. Crazy when you say that because the man's one of the biggest draws in CMLL as we speak. And if anything, he's been doing incredibly well. <laughs> this is the thing. This is the thing, right? Because if you say Sin Cara to an American wrestling fan, they're like, ah, oh, 
what a joke. What, what an idiot. But if you say Mystico in Mexico, he is like approaching the like like the legendary status. Pretty much. I mean, he is a former Universal uh, champion over at CMLL. As I said, he's currently um, the middleweight champion as well as the historic middleweight champion. He's won a whole bunch of tournaments and tag tournaments um, during these years since he's returned. And as I said, he man- he finally got the, the Mystico name back, finally. So he's doing all right for himself, even as a bloody, like... He has a comic book in Mexico based on him as well. The greatest achievement you can make. <laughs> he's mm-hmm. also... Yeah. It's funny, because he's also been used as a dare I say, as a political figure, um, he's, that he's been, he, he's also been used as a, uh, as like a, as a spokesperson for a political party during elections in Mexico. So it, he's doing all right by all measure of the wait, things wait, wait, in wait. terms of pop culture. Is, 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 is the Sin Cara mask like Mexican anonymous? Is that it? I guess, I guess so. I don't, <laughs> I really want any 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 Mexican fans who listen to our podcast. Can you further elaborate on that point? Because I'm very confused. I am very very confused. <laughs> so as for Unico or Ariaga, um, what he was up to is that he got as soon as the original Sin Cara left, he donned the mask once more and ended up going down to NXT to work with a brand new luchador that they had just signed, Samurai Del Sol, or as he was uh, rebranded in NXT, Kalisto. Uh, And they would form the tag team, Mm. the Lucha Dragons, which I will say, wasn't that bad a tag team in NXT? No, they were a pretty fun tag team. Obviously, mm-hmm. like they got to main roster, and then they were like, oh, fuck, "I don't know what to do with you." Oh, but, like yeah, they got they got butchered in main roster so badly. But like in the grand scheme of things, they weren't they weren't bad by any measure. It's just they were they were kind of stuck in a period of time where WWE was like the only two tag teams that exist are the New Day and the Usos. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, all of the tag teams they had were basically in NXT, like the Ascension. Uh, the Vaud Villains, Chad and Gable, Blake and Murphy. Shout, shout, shout out to the Vaud Villains. What a great little concept they were. Yeah. Shout okay. out to them. I hope they have a great Great. Now I'm going to have that one shoot video appear on my YouTube feed again. What? Simon Gotch buries Enzo <laughs> Don't say it. Uh, Don't say the words. It will now appear on yours as well. Uh, it knows you've spoken the words. Uh, Cass is a really good big man. Uh, Enzo is a fucking abortion. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, sorry. Uh, where was I? Oh, yeah, the Lucha Dragons. <laughs> of course, they would eventually make their main roster debut where they kind of petered out, let's be honest, as a tag team. As a tag team. They would compete in the, the very first Elimination Chamber tag match for the tag team championships. They would eventually fail to capture them. Took part in a feud with the primetime players in the New Day in this triple tag team on SmackDown. Um, eventually, though, they would end up splitting with Sin Cara, with Sin Cara making, going his own way and Kalisto, of course, 
going his own way to the SmackDown brand, which of course gave birth to the good Lucha thing meme. And pretty much after that, it ended up being that Sin Cara was kind of lost in the fold. He would eventually move to SmackDown in 2017, have a little feud with then United States champion Baron Corbin, but eventually just kind of fell out. Um, Paul Heyman actually very famously said when he took over the creative duties as executive director, basically just said, Sin Cara is pretty much dead at this point. Yeah, and ended up being jobbed out by Drew McIntyre on an episode of Raw, which was his final final telev- uh, television match. He requested that same time, that same evening, that match was done and aired. He requested his release, um, even though saying even though he was really grateful about the time his time in the company, he just felt underappreciated. Wanted to return to Mexico to try and make a go of it. They granted his mm-hmm. release, and in 2019 would end up debuting for Triple R under the gimmick of Cinta de Oro, or the Golden Ribbon, to continue his uh, legacy of the original performer of the character, Cinta de Oro, who passed away in 2016. Uh, the, his family, uh, the, the, the family of Cinta de Oro, gave his permission to, 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 to continue that legacy. And eventually, pretty much, he's been doing that ever since, working here, there, and everywhere, in any promotion that will take him. And so, basically, the tale of Sin Cara ends in a bit of a whimper, honestly. (laughs) There's not much pretty after that, really, that happens. I mean, I guess you could say that he did have a little bit of mainstream exposure over here after um, Sin Cara's good friend, uh, footballer Raul Jimenez, who played for Wolverhampton Wanderers at the time, ended up celebrating most of his goals by putting on a Sin Cara mask. <laughs> he did. But pretty much after that, not much has been heard about Sin Cara. <clears throat> I said he went out with a bat- whimper rather than a kind of a bang. Uh, I guess the only thing we can say is that Mystico, at least Mystico, didn't falter or didn't lose any yeah, momentum returning to Mexico. Yeah, didn't disappear anywhere. Yeah, I mean... What a disappointment. (laughs) I mean, I think this is the thing, though, right? Because realistically, he could have been the next Rey Mysterio, but they just didn't, like, what? They just didn't want to let him be that. The thing is, right? They didn't want him to be the next the next Rey Mysterio. From everything I know about it, it's that they wanted him to be. The, the next WWE Ray Mysterio. Yeah. Which I think is a really important distinction. <laughs> no, that is fair. That is fair. Like, Ray Mysterio, the great thing about Ray Mysterio, especially in the beginning, was that he was a complete outer context problem for all of the wrestlers, like in kayfabe. Yes. People just didn't move like him. Yeah. Like, the closest person to on that roster that moved like him was what? Jeff Hardy, Rob Van Dam. I'd honestly argue Jeff Hardy more, mm. but for WWE specifically. Yeah. Like, so the great thing about it's like you you're so it's like it that's the great thing about him. You're suddenly used to having to fight all of the regular wrestlers, the technical the technical wrestlers at like is the worst that possibly. And then you have to fight Spider-Man. 
Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> Spider-Man. Straight up. Whereas... You're thinking of Spider-Man, Spider-Man versus Bone Saw. Yeah, basically, <laughs> that is what... That is literally how it is. Hey, Joe, you're going nowhere. <laughs> It's just, it's, it's just, it's just the Miz looking at like, <laughs> looking at seeing parts of vacation. Like you fucking get down from here now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get down. From here That's from a cute there. outfit. It's Did Maurice give it to you? <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Oh, oh gosh. Well, man. if there's anything but, that could be, oh, so god, god, Brandon. No, but sorry, but like, but Sin Cara is kind of like, he's in like a weird middle point of that. Mm. And for one thing, and for another, like. They just didn't like, and they just didn't. They didn't like acclimatize him at all. Everyone needs at least a little bit seasoning. Yeah, it's... like a house show loop, maybe. But yeah, just, like a house it was show. one. You know, it was just one show, and then he was thrusted right into the like into the main Cause, roster. Because this is the this is the thing, right? You could literally just give him like a couple shows and be like, "Look, take the time to get yourself used to everything." You know, because also like, as well, though, I imagine there were probably like physical things because like mm. I can't imagine that WWE's got like lucha ropes going. No. Yeah, because the lucha ropes are like trampolines, <laughs> <laughs> whereas WWE's I feel like are probably a bit like more stiffly tied. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, I, and, I stu- and stuff is. like that. Um, are you trying to say that, you, like that? Are you trying to say that the Allstate Arena is nothing like Arena Mexico? Yes. <laughs> That's thought, exactly what I'm saying right now. I thought, I thought Chicago and Mexico City were the exact same. <laughs> uh, I mean, it depends how you feel about things, really. Oh, cry me a river. <laughs> so, yeah, it just... So much of it is... Just like... It's so much of it, when you look at the history of Sin Cara at this time, it's like everything that can go wrong does go wrong. In a way that... You don't really see with things like this. It's normally like, well, frankly, the other Sinkara. They get him in, he does okay, and then momentum just goes and dies, and they either like release him or he finally gets second wing. Mm. But with Sinkara, it's a car crash. It's like, and that I think that's what kind of like, and it's a shame that that's like his legacy in like for like American Western audiences. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like, like just American audiences it, mm-hmm. but, but it's just kind of like things like that don't happen at that level anymore it's very true not really it's very rare I can't think of another one like yeah, think, things, from... things don't get so stupidly buggy yeah <laughs> the, on, the only one I can think of that's kind of at least recently has kind of crossed over that and even then I don't even know if you would necessarily say it's because it didn't translate well would be Kenta Hideo Itami. I, I no, I, I'd say that's 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 a very that's a fair comparison. But I feel like that that was far more a car crash just because they were just stopping him from doing everything that he was good at doing and then just repeatedly got injured because of stuff they were making him do. And then they signed Nakamura. Yeah, but the thing is, though, is I feel like at the start, they got... In NXT, they got Nakamura. They understood why people wanted to see him, and then he got to main mm-hmm. roster, and obviously, I 
Come on, you think the people booking like fucking Bruce Pritchard is going to understand why Shinsuke Nakamura is popular? No, they were just teamed in Rick Boogs. Actually, no, that being but, said, that's, that team up was actually... I, I would say that was kind of like a... I dare say had, that team up wasn't they bad. Had, they, they had, they had a, a, one of the talents of a generation of an entire company and went, what if he kicked people in the balls? <laughs> So that's strong style. God. Yeah, that that is that is that is, according to Bruce Pritchard, that is strong style. I guess Sin Cara is a lesson in maybe it's best to not put all of your chickens or all of your eggs in one basket. I think it's more a thing of don't put a turkey in a chicken farm and expect it to start laying eggs for you. <laughs> oh, true. This is very this is very true. What the fuck is that, man? <laughs> 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 most no, most normal melee image message. That is, that that's is just, true. I've that's not... just Cody Rhodes in the miss. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I think I think I think what this is is it's a, it's a testament to the importance of I'm going to say the importance of understanding, Very because true. like because I think it's one of those things that you, that you get with like a lot of I think it's just a I, words words. <laughs> Um, <laughs> with every sport, you will inevitably come across a period of change and adjustment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like for anyone that's ever listened to the first game of a season in uh, for football, where they'll be like, oh, can they adjust to the league, though? <laughs> and it's like a fair thing. Can you adjust to a new environment, to a new team, a new different style of doing everything? And if you just throw someone in with no time to adjust, yeah, they're probably not going to be that great, probably because they're having to figure everything out as they go. And it, it just it just find it so confusing. They're like, ah, you'll pick it up as you go along. It's not like you have to reverse 25 years of what you've been doing or whatever. <laughs> That's- like, like, like if there was someone, if I knew someone that played guitar... I said to them, okay, can you do that all left-handed now? Yeah. <laughs> They'd yeah, probably like, be like, what the fuck do you yeah, mean? Yeah. Having to do your job on inverted controls is a, what a nut. You know, actually, <laughs> yeah. I could actually, you know, I could actually, um, I actually could, I understand <laughs> Sin Cara's pain because right now, and, and Sam, you can attest to this because we are both uh, video editors as our trade when we're not doing this podcast for you lovely people. Sure. So, Mm-hmm. Well, um, I've had to for my new job. I've had to basically relearn another edit software. <laughs> yeah. After not using that software for, at the time, seven years. Oof. So, when I tell you, doing your job when you're having to relearn everything at a good professional level is next to impossible. It's hell. I wanted to cut off my own fingers. So I cannot imagine what Sin Cara was feeling with, hey, you have to do this reversed. And by the way, if you fuck up, you might you might end someone's career and or life at the very worst. True. No that is... That is... <sighs> like... The fact that the fact that he only botched is honestly kind of a miracle. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, if there's anything that we can definitely say was his lasting legacy, I guess you could say was that penis shirt. <laughs> I mean, it's, def it's definitely up there. And that one thing in WWE 2K20 that absolutely uh, may rolled uh, the oh. NL guys <laughs> up something for Sidgar, <laughs> yeah. The uh, the fucking bouncy ball outfit. Yes. I mean, I feel like the lasting legacy of Singhara may just be the existence of Botrovania. It's kept, yeah. it's kept, and, that, and that really makes me sad. It's kept Matthew yeah. employed for a while. That's all I'll say. <laughs> he's a happy boy now that he's been able to have that oh. as his lasting legacy. <laughs> I I think his lasting legacy was being in a Scooby Doo movie. You know what? You're right. You know what? Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is the good ending. This is the, this is the yeah. good ending. You know, Scooby Doo put Sinkara over. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> You know what? Before we end this, I have to ask: Has someone seen it? Is it any good? WrestleMania Mystery is a weird, weird film that is just reeks of corporate America. Oh, that's <laughs> all right. So basically, we're doing a watch along then, right? <laughs> you know what? I'm actually yes. not. A, I am not opposed to that. <laughs> it's that weird time where Warner Brothers worked with WWE, but now they work with AEW. So it seems really weird thinking about it. <laughs> It's okay afterwards where you can watch, was it Scooby-Doo and the Cyber Chase or something like that? Oh, Scooby-Doo and the Cyber Chase, I remember being alright, but of course the masterpiece <laughs> will always be Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. Oh Yeah, yeah Zombie Island will the go. True. Are we going to end it there? Is that where we're ending it? I think we're ending it. <laughs> Scooby-Doo is going to sin power over more than WWE wishes it could. We're going to end with all elite Scooby-Doo. All elite Scooby-Doo. You know what? That's probably the best way to end it and the most odd brand yeah. thing to end this thing, you know? Yeah, perfect. perfect. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> now, Melee, I know we've been through the ring of this. I say it every time, but it's always a pleasure to have you on, sir. Thank you for popping in <laughs> for the run-in. I always love being here. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I was going to say, I think your check's in the mail. I think that's the that's the seventh one at this point now. <laughs> yeah, I think I see the mailman outside right now. <laughs> So, if there's anything actually you you do want to plug or anything that's coming up very soon for yourself or for Base World, please, the floor is yours. Promote away. I mean, I don't know about Base World, but basically, uh, recently I was in You Damn Right, which is another of, you know, a few Deadlock fans who decided to try their own thing. And they've been watching through, like, pretty much the ruthless aggression of WWE. And right now, they released an episode where they watched WrestleMania X8, which was one of the WrestleManias of all time. And I was in there. So you should watch it. Buy the merch, as always. Buy everyone's merch. Buy Ch Sweet Chinwag merch, if you can. Thank you. Even baseball yeah, merch. Yeah, right. <laughs> Even, do, am I right in saying that Donut Cast has come out with two new designs as well? Possibly. Oh, true, yes. He has two more designs. You can go on his... Buy <laughs> yeah, buy his merch. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, again, thank you ever so much, Melee. It's always a pleasure. Right, next episode. I was wrong. We actually do have one more episode for Hispanic Heritage Month because we're going to be yeah. doing oh, a retrospective on, on, on Triple R. <laughs> Ooh, get ready for some spice. <laughs> the company, the company that Conan could, Conan did. 
<laughs> I am looking forward to this one. We're going to talk about its uh, its appeal and its huge popularity that kicked off in the 90s, eventually to what it's become today, and just 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 the weird the weird wonderful world of triple r and their foam paper titles as well have you ever noticed that yeah. they actually have foam paper titles rather than just regular kind of i think it's the mega championships the only one that actually is kind of is that's sturdy. very on brand for them. <laughs> it's all right i get to talk about the time when their when their broadcast rights just disappeared into the ether so i'm very happy. oh i also get to talk about vampiro going where's the fucking music <laughs> <laughs> That is something's gonna happen. <laughs> that is all coming up on the next episode. But until then, I have been sad. This has been Dan, Reardon, and Melee, and you have been watching, sorry, listening to the Sweet Chinwang podcast. Yeah. We will see you as always on the next one. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye the merch.